And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. First up, PFL 2 just wrapped up. Right before I started recording this podcast, outside of that, there are no major organizations that are hosting cards in MMA this weekend. But that's alright. Got lots and lots of good information for you. And a few more headlines and hot takes than normal since I didn't have to do any research for uh, the cards. If you listen to the MMA, or I should say the MTMV Sports main card, then you're a hardcore fight fan. And I appreciate you. And that means that you're probably a hardcore MMA fan as well. And that means you probably can appreciate this leadoff headline, which is that Sean Al Shadi announced that he'll be leaving MMA fighting. Last month, his partner for the A-Side live chat, Mark Raimondi, left for ESPN as well. I mean, literally, it was like a month uh, to the day that he was announcing on the podcast that he was getting ready to go over to ESPN. Now, Al Shadi didn't say where he was going. But the same network, ESPN, snapped up Ariel Helwani last year soon after they announced their contract with the UFC. Shamakar Sandu, who's also another MMA personality known for his work in the UK as well as some work in Canada, he recently moved on from ESPN to become the social media guru for the PFL. Now, again, Ray Mundy did not say, I'm sorry, not Ray Mundy, Al Shadi did not say where he was going. But with the PFL now being broadcast on the world leader as well, it's highly likely that Sean is following his colleagues to the big leagues. And that says a lot for the work of MMA fighting because they have done a great job in building these personalities and these media people who have done such an excellent job that they're getting poached by uh, the biggest fish in the pond uh, when it comes to Disney. I mean, you can't get much larger when it comes to a media organization than Disney. And with their sports on, picking up all these people from Fox Media Company says a lot for the work that they've been doing there. So, salute to Fox Media. I'm looking forward to seeing how they retool their roster and hopefully they can hold on to them uh, a bit longer than some of the people that have been uh, taken away by ESPN recently. Now, since I brought up Mr. Ray Money, he hinted earlier this week that he was working on a big story. And I'm not sure if this is it, but his report that Endeavor filed with the Security Exchange Commission for an IPO is huge. Endeavor has been rumors of being talked with uh, PBC Boxing to add that to their profile and the infusion of cash the IPO would offer could be just with the doctor ordered. Something Mark pointed out is that being publicly traded, many of the financial questions that the fans and fighters alike have had over the years about who gets paid what and what the split is and things of that nature those questions may be a bit easier to answer if the UFC is a part of the portion of the company that is being placed out 
for bid as far as stocks are concerned because if you're a publicly traded company your financials have to be public as well that also means that the shareholders could get a greater say in how business is run which means that someone like um, the face of the UFC Dana White could even though he just got a seven year extension could have to either tone down his rhetoric or step off the scene we saw this happen with Bellator uh, when it's founder Bjorn Redney was made to step down after the company was sold to Paramount which is a part of Viacom yet another publicly traded company uh, and uh, though this was his baby he had to step away because he no longer was the right man for the job now all of these are hypotheticals because we don't know what part of the company is being offered uh, to be available for stock to be purchased. I mean, Endeavor is a huge, huge company. Uh, they're known primarily as a talent agency, have many, many high-profile clients. They also own other things uh, such as and other sports organizations like the PBR. So we don't know. Don't know what's uh, coming. All of this is hypothetical, but if uh, well it's not if it's true it's being offered now what all is being offered is the question and if the ufc is a part of that seeing as they are a huge revenue producer for endeavor man that can change a lot of things in short order However, in thinking about it, Paramount, again, is a publicly owned company. Bellator is a part of Paramount, but we don't know really how much the fighters are getting paid there either. So companies have a way of of keeping things uh, quiet that they want to keep quiet. Either way it goes, it's going to be interesting to see how all this works out. Now, Ali Abdelaziz made his rounds this week, and he was on the MMA Hour, as well as he spoke to Brett Akamoto of ESPN, telling Brett that it was looking good, that we'll probably see Khabib back in action in September against Dustin Poirier, and GSP being targeted at the end of the year. Woo, I mean, just the thought of that gives me goosebumps and shivers. Oh my goodness, if GSP comes back and fights Habib, oh man, you talk about a huge, huge fight. Uh, Ali also told Luke when he was on the MMA Hour earlier this week, which is uh, via MMA Fighting, which talked about just lost a lot of people. Still got some good people there, and I expect them to continue to do great things. Anyway, he told Luke that he expects for Habib to fight three times really like within the next 15 months or so uh, targeting September, December and also April hey, I want to salute Mr. State Frosty Luke Thomas for respectfully asking tough questions of a powerful manager with a very questionable past uh, questions like that admittedly by Ali on the show have kept other people from getting access to fighters you know he said well if they want to go they can go but you know if I have anything to do with it I'll say you know no don't don't go 
which Luke said, hey man, that's wrong. You know, so he, he really did some good work, stood up for himself, stood up for the media as a whole, and asked some tough questions. Did it respectfully, uh, but asked uh, very tough questions and gained a lot of respect amongst the community of people who cover this All right, now Nevada did the UFC and Khabib a solid. Speaking of everything that Ali was talking about, they did him a solid and reduced Abubakar Magomedov and Zabira Tukagov suspensions by 35 days. Well, how does all that help Khabib and the UFC? We'll get to that in just a moment. My question is, why would Nevada do this? I mean, it, it's so odd. The commission said that they did it to give them a little bit of leeway and to help them out a bit as far as their careers are concerned because they didn't give these two gentlemen the same chance to have their suspensions reduced like they gave Habib. So they shaved 35 days off of their suspension. Why 35 days? What's the point about 35 days? I mean, that's such an odd number. Now, it would make them available to fight on September 2nd, which is Labor Day. And you know what happens on Labor Day. A whole lot of barbecues and parties, but no fights. Not on a Monday. September 7th? Well, that's a different story, though. September 7th is when the UFC is slated to return to Abu Dhabi, where the Eagle has been rumored to headline that card in a unification bout with Dustin Poirier, which goes back to the whole, he looks to fight September, December, and April, so September 7th would be the first one in those three months that he was looking to fight, and he said that he was looking to see Dustin around that time as a matter of fact, in Abu Dhabi, he said those words specifically after Dustin beat Max Holloway for the interim title. Habib wants to compete in front of his Muslim brothers, and the UFC will have nearly every fighter on their roster that practices Islam on that card. I mean, that's just how the UFC rolls. Whenever they go anywhere, they get as many people from that region or that can connect with that region to be on the card. So why not have all of their practitioners of Islam on the card in a Muslim country? That means that Zubair will probably be on the card too. Abubakar, well, he's a high man now because he fights with PFL. He doesn't fight in the UFC. And PFL's regular season is going on now, as I stated at the top of the main card. But it ends in August. So if the earliest he can fight is September, and that's off after August, that means that he's out. The next fights won't be until October. And even if he got to fight on that card, he would need to pray to get an alternate spot to get him in the playoffs for the fight to even matter. Otherwise, it's just a stay busy fight. So, yeah, unfortunately, he's an odd man out. But due to the things that he did, hey, um, he's supposed to be out. And really supposed to be out a little longer. Well, speaking of matchups and him not having a matchup. In the UFC, it can be difficult to get matched up with the person that you really want to get matched up with. 
which is why call outs at the end of fights really help out a lot because it helps to build some momentum as far as what you want in a fight if you want Adams who's been calling out a certain fighter for quite some time if you really want to get that matchup you need to lose your first fight which he did recently and that made the contender series alum just vulnerable enough to be matched up with another contender series alum Greg Hardy now Hardy like any other high profile signing that the UFC makes has a target on his back the fact that he's been charged with domestic violence makes that target even larger I mean people uh, as high up the food chain as Derek Lewis were calling him out when Derek Lewis was preparing to fight Daniel Cormier for the title last year he was saying if he comes to the to the UFC that he wants to fight him Adams has not hid his disdain for the former NFL All-Pro since he joined the UFC. And whenever he has the mic, he makes his case for the fight. Much because of the um, the shady past that Hardy has had, especially his relationship with uh, women and domestic abuse. UFC has been very cautious of how they've matched Hardy up because he's still really, really new to the sport. With similar records, UFC doesn't have to go sign some can that they're going to cut right after the fight to give Hardy some work. Now, this time, they've got someone who's already in there. They've got a backstory building, both being on the contender. Adam's constantly calling them out, being able to take all those call-outs and create more of a backstory and share that information about the the disdain and just the the I don't like you <laughs> that these fighters have for one another. It's just the kind of fight for Greg Hardy that people can get behind as Adams has the best chances of putting a hurt on Hardy. Now another fighter in the UFC who's looking for a fight pardon the pun. I really didn't mean to do that. But anyway, Leon Rocky Edwards uh, has been trying to get somebody to fight him, trying to get a high-profile fight for a while, ever since beating Cowboy. That's about the highest-profile fight that he's had. Nobody else really wants to touch him. And he said that RDA would be a good dance partner while he was on Ariel's show this week. He also said that he wants his younger brother Fabian in the UFC. Now, Fabian, he's getting fights. We're not having a problem getting fights. And not only is he getting fights, he's getting paid in Bellator. So, why would you want him in the UFC? Helwani asked. And Rocky said, really, for selfish reasons, he just wants his little brother there. But uh, Scott Coker, he must have been listening to the show. And he said, look, we're, we're not having that. He's had two fights with Bellator this year in the UK, and they have been phenomenal, which uh, Leon and um, Fabian are residents of the UK. So it's like, look, we're going to put a stop to all that. You're fighting again. So we got three fights within five months. Like you're fighting again in London, and let's restructure your contract to keep you in the fold. So yeah, um, uh, Rocky may 
want him in the UFC for selfish reasons, but Bellator is keeping him in their organization for the same selfish reasons. Now, unless he keeps up the fight pace that he has right now, he's not going to be a free agent anytime soon. All right, we want to close out with something on a nice, positive note. Kobe Covington. <laughs> you like? You might be like, dude, what is positive about Kobe Covington? Unless you're a Covington fan, which I'm not. Admittedly, I'm not a Kobe Covington fan. I don't like his antics specifically. I don't know him as a person, but his antics, I don't like. But I believe in giving honor where honor is due. And the former interim welterweight champ is in New York for Fleet Week visiting with marines and sailors he's there on his own time and his own dime the ufc has nothing to do with it this is something that he's been doing uh, based on his manager's statements to luke thomas who put it out via twitter it's something he's done for a while and if that's the case i mean not if it's the case that he's there right now as far as how long he's been doing it don't know but the fact that he's there right now on his own and had it not been for his manager saying something about it we wouldn't have known anything about it i gotta salute you on that one Kobe. gotta salute you which is another reason that i don't like his answers because really it's an act and it's so transparent that it's an act and not only is it an act it's a bad act that can that brings more division than it does unity this kind of stuff that's what heroes do that's what causes people to love you so hopefully we get more of the real Kobe Covington and less of uh, this dime store actor alright our prayer list for the week got Sage Northcutt on it shared on the Fight Nights update how he got his whole face just yeah I mean he, he got his face smashed literally got his smashed broken up into a number of different pieces he's still in Singapore a week after the fight because he can't fly due to the pressure uh, that comes along with flying and the fact that his face and the bones in his face are still healing don't know how long he'll be over there but praying for him that's got to be difficult and I know that just for anyone if you had that kind of damage that's life altering you're a fighter and that means that somebody can hit you there again and possibly mess that up yeah that that's that's not a comforting feeling so definitely praying for him also on the prayer list this week is josh the cuddly bear copeland who hasn't been very cuddly as of late he was charged with uh, some domestic abuse situations recently which uh, if he were in the UFC which is nice in the PFL uh, and I don't know if he's going to be in the PFL after this but um, if he were in the UFC then Juan Adams would also have him on this list of people to fight Um, I don't have all the details on it and even with whatever details are out there about it there's always more information more backstory than what is out there I'll say this, I'm praying for those people that have been impacted 
by this act. And I'm praying that he gets whatever help he needs to refrain from doing this ever again in life. He is a huge, massive man who is skilled at and trains in hand-to-hand combat. That's scary. That's really scary. So I pray that he gets the help he needs. Martial arts is all about self-control and discipline. And you can't have self-control and or discipline and be involved in domestic disputes. Last but not least, Tony Ferguson. That's right, El Kakui is on the prayer list. He was supposed to be at a luncheon for the UFC on Wednesday, and he could not make it because of traffic. Now, traffic in LA is and can be crazy. So, not saying that that's not the case. However, in hearing that, knowing the issues that he's had recently, it makes me wonder if there's something else going on that he didn't do it. Maybe he just wasn't in a place mentally to answer questions about his mental state. I don't know. Either way it goes, especially with this fight being in just two weeks, I'm praying for him. I'm praying for him because it's a very, very quick turnaround from the time that he finally got the help that he needed to being back in the octagon. So praying for him. That does it for our headlines and hot takes. Up next, some sweet science conversation in the old one too. What's good? It's your boy Stephen Malcolm and you are listening to MTMV Sports. Let's get it. Time to go between the ropes and step into the squared circle for the old one too. Tyson Fury was on Ariel Helwani's MMA show this week and said the reason that Wilder Fury 2 didn't take place was because Wilder signed a three-fight contract to face Dominic Brazil, who he just KO'd, Luis Ortiz, who got on the mic after Dominic got knocked out, then Adam Kanowski. Now, I thought Kanowski would be a great person to fill in versus AJ when Big Baby dropped out because uh, Adam is living in Brooklyn. He's of Polish descent. He would have got the Eastern Europeans out to Madison Square Garden. And, you know, he's already there. So that seemed like the most logical person to step in. Especially seeing as Big Baby is from Brooklyn, too. Ortiz? Yeah, he was offered $6.5 million more than what he made when he fought Wilder to face AJ. But he turned it down. Now, if what Fury is saying is true, which is looking like it because, again, Ortiz was in the ring talking right after the Wilder-Brazil fight, we know why both Ortiz and Kanowski, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Kanaki, not Kanowski, Kanaki turned the fight down. But the thing that doesn't make sense is that money-wise, they would have made more fighting AJ than fighting Wilder. 
especially knowing that they're being fed to the bronze bomber to hold him over until he can fight AJ. I mean, I know you're under contract, but sounds like you need different management. Keith Thurman was talking tough at the press conference to kick off his pay-per-view with Pacquiao. It's the first pay-per-view that Thurman will be a part of, and he is honored to be facing a legend in Pacquiao. But he said he's going to retire that legend so that the senator can focus on legislating back in the Philippines. And for the first time since facing Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao is an underdog. It's a role that he very, very rarely plays in fights. But he said he likes it. He said it's motivating him to prove the doubters wrong. He loves fighting, wants to go in there and fight and show everybody that this 40-year-old still has what it takes. And though he's been around for 40 years, he's got two decades worth of boxing experience professionally that he believes will help him to win the fight. And he admitted he's not always given his all or respected his opponents when he's been heavily favored. And I wonder if that was more of a sell job than anything. Maybe he's selling himself. Maybe he's selling us. I don't know. One thing we do know is that Manny has never been much for words. And he said that Keith, yeah, he's talking way too much. But he'll see what happens when they get in a ring on July 20. That was all said on the east coast portion of this press tour so that was in new york when they hit the west coast they got to la where freddie roach lives and wildcard gym is located he became the mouthpiece for his prized pupil and he told one time that he was gonna get destroyed they were putting together a game plan to destroy keith thurman thurman said something really interesting in the press conference in New York, he said that Manny had a rematch clause in the contract. That's puzzling to me because Thurman is the WBA super champ. So he is the highest level of champion that the WBA has. They have a tendency of giving away a whole lot of belts. Um, I think one of the Charlos has one of their belts now, like an interim belt. And Manny won the regular belt when he beat Broner a couple months ago but yeah how's the rematch clause in place for the challenger to the true title I mean that just doesn't make sense to me now the reason why makes sense but how it came about doesn't make sense the challenger doesn't get a rematch clause but he's got one because he's Manny Pacquiao he's one of the most marketable fighters that's out there right now someone who's looking to become marketable or as marketable and as well known as Pacquiao is Bud Crawford and he and Thurman were going back and forth a bit over the past couple days both of them sharing that they weren't impressed with the others performances and how they do things in a family friendly edited version of Bud's tweet he said to Thurman if I haven't fought a true welterweight yet then why would you just didn't come and take my title and I'm reading it as he wrote it I just took out some words so anyway 
uh, forgive the, the grammar, but this is how it was written. If I haven't fought a true welterweight yet, then why would you just didn't come take my title? You was offered a fight with this little guy. You're not that impressed with, right? I'm not that impressed by you. So what's up? A couple things outside of the grammar. It's a couple things wrong with what's being said. A couple issues, I should say. Number one, Pac-Man's aforementioned rematch clause. Should he lose to the favorite Thurman, would keep that fight from happening. Secondly, Top Rank is Buzz Promoter and PBC is One Times Rep. And those two promotions really don't play together. Uh, which is the reason why so many fights don't get done. Number three, Thurman's not that active on Twitter. Like His last tweet was sometime in uh, April. And it was a retweet. <laughs> so, not sure he got the message, bud. But, you know, good try on that one. And I wish things were different where fighters were allowed to fight each other. Some fighters that will be fighting each other, though, are in the televised lineup that we've got for this weekend. On the zone from Oxon Hill, Maryland, you have a 10-round heavyweight bout between Michael Hunter and Fabio Maldonado. Hunter's only loss was to Alexander Usyk at Cruiserweight. After that, he moved up to heavyweight and hasn't lost since. Maldonado's best known for his MMA career. He fought Fedor, he's fought Rampage, fought a number of uh, high-level MMA fighters. And he's only lost twice in the ring. Unfortunately, it was the last two boxing matches that he's had because he has not been fighting in MMA. He's been boxing and been losing. And my guess is that they brought him in here to run that streak to three. The co-main event for the card, you have Jessica McCaskill versus Anahi Esther Sanchez. It's a 10-round junior welterweight unification bout for McCaskill's WBC title and Sanchez's WBA title. Headline the card is a 10-round lightweight bout between Devin Haney, who's ranked number 7 at lightweight, and Antonio Moran. This is Haney's first fight with matchroom boxing. And since Alexander Usyk got knocked out of the fight with an injury, Haney stepped in and took top billing. Can he live up to the hype, though? The young man is only about 20, 21 years old, living in Vegas, loving the fight life. Doing it big because he is listed as one of the promoters for this fight. But can he beat the best of the best? And per her, he's been calling out all the big names right now. And he should be. He should want to fight Tiafimo Lopez. He should want to fight Loma. Because he should feel like he's invincible at this age and doing the things that he's been doing to everyone else. He's a fighter and a fighter's mentality is I'll fight anybody and I'll beat anybody because I have the skills and the ability to do that. Especially when you're undefeated. You really riding high. Can he keep the train rolling though to get him to those fights? It's a question that will be answered Saturday night. 
In Moran, Haney will face a tough Mexican fighter who's going to give it his all in the ring. His last loss was to Jose uh, Pedraza, and Pedraza last fought Loma and was his last victim. That's the card for the zone in Oxon Hill, Maryland. In Kissimmee, Florida, on ESPN, you have Masayuki Ito, who's ranked number four, taking on Jamel Herring in a 12 round junior lightweight bout. There's a lot of buzz and heat behind Ito. Like he could be a nice challenger for Loma, but he's at junior lightweight where Loma's at lightweight, so he has to come up to do that. There's another fight on the card that's worth noting. There's a 10-round lightweight bout with the aforementioned Jose Pedraza, who's ranked number five, taking on Inez Torres, who had a draw in his last outing and hasn't fought, or just hasn't lost since 2013. Pedraza's looking to get back on the win track and bounce back from his loss to Loma. And that was earlier this year. There's yet another card. It's in Biloxi, Mississippi, and it'll be on Fox 1. Austin Trout takes on Terrell Gaucher in a 10-round junior middleweight bout. And also, you have another junior middleweight bout for 10 rounds between Cordell Booker and Wale Omotasso. Step out of the squared circle, go back between the ropes to get out, and on the other side, we'll have the official results. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Damo from the MTMV Sports Podcast Network here to tell you about the most dangerous wrestling podcast around, The Outsider's Edge, hosted by myself, my homie Jay Kells, and my homie Sam Blackwell, bringing you the latest and greatest in the world of pro wrestling. So no matter what device you're using, what platform you're on, we've got something for you. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Republic, the Anchor app, or Spotify. Whatever device you're using, whatever platform of your choice, look us up at MTMV Sports, My Team, My Voice, Sports Podcast Network, and look up the Outsider's Edge. And if you don't, we hitting you with a bionic elbow out this mug. Yeah. Yo, 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 this your boy E-Hud, God's MC, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Peace. This has been episode 92 of the MTMV main card. And if the Lord says the same, I'll be back at it again next week. Just because there are no major MMA organizations in action this weekend doesn't mean that there aren't any fights. On the regional scene, this Friday you have LFA in Branson, Missouri on Access TV. And on Saturday, CFFC will be in Coachella, California, proving that there's more going on in Coachella than a music festival make sure you subscribe to MTMV Sports on your favorite podcast platform so you get the new episodes as soon as they're available we love to interact with you as well 
You can leave a message by clicking the link in our show notes. And who knows, you just may be on the next podcast if you're leaving that heat in your message. Send us some information via social media as well, uh, whether it be Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's MTMV Sports on all platforms. Follow us, and we would love to interact with you there also. Sports fans rejoice. My team, my voice. And until next time, it's your man, the voice, host of the MTMV main card. And I'm sounding off. <laughs>